0: Listening to the Miracle Word Podcast, we believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Anyway, we're going to get in today. Um, Of course, you know, we've got all kinds of new stuff for you. Um, new shirts for the kids we've got new tumblers for the kids we've got non-stop mom mugs that are left but they're running out last thing we'll do we won't order them again so they're limited edition um, all kinds of new stuff go check it out shop.miracleword.com obviously the brand new book further faster is available and check it the hardcover the hardcover edition is now available for our partners going out we're shipping them out to you um, I'm so excited about this. So happy that those are available. Everything's at shop.miracleword.com. You know, Britt, I think we will because Jenna is, uh, sending up a box of, of product for, um, for New York. So the kids shirts should be there to my knowledge and, uh, we'll have different things there further faster. will be there a bunch of different stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys. If you're able to make it. Uh, if you're able to make the drive to New York from wherever you are, I'm looking forward to seeing you and, uh, and being with you there. I'm so ready to get back. <laughs> the audience goes, ooh, uh, to get back on the road and start preaching. Oh, um, <laughs> good. I'm glad. Listen, let me ask you a favor. If you got it, do me a favor after you read it. Of course, we don't want you to be dishonest and leave me a review on Amazon. I really, really appreciate people that have been leaving reviews um, because it it really helps get the word out. Matthew chapter 14. Thank you, David. I'm happy to come. I'm looking forward to come back to Texas. Um, Matthew chapter 14 is where we're going to go today. I want to talk about how to have miracles even in a time of trouble, how to have miracles even in a time of trouble. And uh, hope you got something good to drink today. Brought to you by Nespresso Corporation. Mm. It is good. Um, Matthew chapter 14 is where we're headed. And then um, I'm going to show you this passage. How to... Yeah, people got... Okay, so that's what's happening. They're turning it off for people. If you're on Facebook go back to reclick on my, on the page on turn on live notification i don't know why would anybody turn that off i mean they're turning it off on you i've had people tell me that we turned it on went back to check you know months later and it was it had been turned off so if that's happening to you if you're not getting a a, a notification go back to our page and click that turn on live notification on facebook that'll help you matthew 14 um Let me read to you starting in verse uh, 22. Listen to this. How to have miracles in a time of trouble. Immediately, this is chapter 14 and verse 22 of Matthew. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And the, at the fourth watch of the night, about 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., at the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Now, I want you to stop right there and listen to this because the disciples are in serious trouble. Because it's a it's a serious storm. But I want you to see something. The Bible says, while they're going through that, while they're dealing with it, Jesus comes to them walking on top of the sea. I want you to hear this. Jesus walks on top of what other people struggle with. Jesus walks on top of what other people struggle with. And when you're connected to Jesus, you walk on top of what other people struggle with. Kelly is saying she needs healing right now in Jesus' name. Has extreme pain in her side since Sunday under her rib cage. I'm going to pause here to pray for Kelly. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray right now for Kelly. I loose the anointing of God, the healing virtue of God to her right now. I take authority over the pain tried to set up in her body whatever this attack is from the devil I curse it commanded it to loose its grip on her body be made whole in the mighty name of Jesus Christ loose healing into your body be healed now in Jesus mighty name now Kelly just lift your hands and begin to thank the Lord that you are healed that it is done and you have your testimony in your hand in Jesus name begin to thank God and begin to praise him right now that it's already done in Jesus name and put that in the comments. Jesus walks on top of what other people struggle with. Jesus walks on top of what other people struggle with. And when we're connected to Christ, we walk on top of what other people struggle with. You see that? We walk on top. Jesus walks on top, we walk on top. The storm was real. We're not saying the storm, of course it was real. But Jesus, was he was he for one moment affected by that storm? Absolutely not. He came walking right through the storm, the wind, the waves that were beating the ship, the Bible says. And here comes Jesus just walking on top of what other people struggle with. Jesus walks above crisis, hallelujah. And when you're connected to Jesus, You can walk above what other people are struggling with. Let me show it to you. You keep on going. The Bible says, and the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. (laughs) And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him. Lord, if it is you, command or call me, command me to come to you on the water. If it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come, hallelujah. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, I want to stop right there and talk about that. One word from the master is all it took to empower Peter to walk on top of what the rest of the disciples and the boat was struggling with, the storm. It only took one word from the master. Now, this this is something that I've been mulling over for you know a long, long time, it's it's the reason. I would I would tell you that this story, as well as Psalm 107 and verse 20, is the reason that the Lord inspired us to name our ministry Miracle Word Ministries. Miracle Word Ministries. This story, along with Psalm 107 and verse 20, He sent His Word and it healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. And you begin to see something. Now, it's my personal belief here that Peter did not walk on water, but that Peter walked on the word of God, because we have no other examples in scripture of Peter ever walking on the water again. It's not that Jesus bestowed unto him the supernatural ability to always walk on water. But notice what Peter said, notice what P, what Jesus did and then the outcome. If it is you, command me to come to you. Hallelujah. Let me and let me give you this thought. Anything Jesus commands you to do, he empowers you to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. Put it in the comments. Anything Jesus commands me to do, he empowers me to do. Anything Jesus commands me to do, he empowers me to do. This is why it's so vitally important for people to discover and walk in their purpose from God. Instead of trying to run after somebody else's purpose or calling or doing something else, um, you know, that you just saw someone do and thought, man, that would be a great idea or I'd really like to do that. Anything Jesus commands me to do, he empowers me to do. So when you look at your calling, when you look at your purpose, when you look at your anointing, if you are walking in your call, if you're walking in your purpose, if you're doing what you have been commanded to do, never ever doubt that you are able, well able to accomplish and complete your purpose and what you've been set apart to do in the name of Jesus. Because if you've been commanded to do it, then you've been empowered to do it. (laughs) Jesus would never command you to do something that was impossible, it would be unjust. It would truly make him a liar because it would be him saying you must do this when in fact you could not do it and had no ability to do it. Every command of Christ comes with the empowerment of Christ. Every command of Christ comes with the empowerment of Christ. So notice this, even before, that, this will blow some people's minds. Even before Jesus died, was buried, and was resurrected, and gave us the ability to be new creatures in Christ Jesus, the two people that Jesus came across when he said, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Jesus gave that command. Even though they weren't Christians yet, even though he hadn't died and resurrected yet, when he said to those people, go and sin no more, he just empowered them to never sin again. Think about that. They weren't even Christians yet, but even before redemption, the command of Christ was the empowerment of Christ. Go and sin no more. Well, if they were not empowered to sin no more then his word was empty his word meant nothing his word wasn't powerful it wasn't it had no effectiveness and jesus never speaks a word that has no effectiveness and i'll go beyond that because god said he never speaks a word that comes back empty or void isaiah 55:11 it always accomplishes what he sends it to do. How often? Always accomplishes. Always accomplishes what he sends it to do. So when Jesus, who was God in the flesh, said to them, go and sin no more, at that moment, he empowered them to never sin again. Because anything Christ commands he empowers. Thank you, Lord. Anything Christ commands, he empowers. And he spoke to Peter. All he had to say was one word, come. That word, when he spoke it to Peter, was an equipping word. It was a strengthening word. It was a supernatural word that Peter's faith locked onto immediately, grabbed hold of it, knew it was a command for him, I want to show you something else. When Jesus said to Peter, because notice this, Peter was the one looking for a word. Nobody else. John, the beloved, the one whom Jesus loved, he wasn't looking for a word. Nobody else was looking for a word. It was Peter, the one with passion, who said, if it's you, call me out to come to you, command me to come to you. Peter is who Jesus was speaking to, and he said to Peter, come. Now, that word was for Peter. It wasn't for all the disciples. It was only for Peter. So if any other disciples would have tried to step out of the boat and walk on the water, they would have sunk, sank, sinked. Why? Because it wasn't their word. It was Peter's word. And this is what happens to people is that they see somebody else's word, command, calling, anointing, whatever, purpose. And they say, yeah, 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 I'm going to do that too. Because if they can do it, I can do it. And that's pride. Pride will cause you to be destroyed. And when you try to do something and operate in a way that you just saw somebody else do because you like it. I like, I've seen so many preachers try to copy other preachers. This is one of the examples that I'll give you. I've seen so many other people try to be clones of other people. And when they do it, it's just empty. It's empty. It carries no power, carries no anointing, carries no authority. There's nothing behind it. It's like you're watching a a, a play. It's like you're watching a movie. A Hallmark special that was poorly cast to play the preacher they're imitating. You know, when I was at, when I was at, um, when I was at uh, Rhema and my friend, I saw my friend Tony Jones is on when, when I was, when we were at Rhema, there are people, I mean, cause you have, you have a class, uh, homiletics where you have to get up and preach a message in front of the rest of your classmates. They're teaching you how to preach. So you have to stand up and preach your message in front of your class. So many people got up and tried to be brother Hagin. Tried to walk around like Brother Hagin. Tried to hold their hands in front of them like Brother Hagin. Tried to duck their head like Brother Hagin. Tried to talk like Brother Hagin. Hallelujah. And was like, you're not him. Stop trying to be him. And don't try to do what he's called to do. And the same thing I've seen happen with all great men of God. I've seen people try to be Rod Parsley. I've seen people try to be T.D. Jakes. I've seen people try to be Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. I've seen people try to be my father. I've seen people try to be Brother Shambok. I've seen people try and then try to do what they do, but you're not them. Don't try to be them. Be who God made you to be. You're anointed too. You've got an anointing from the Holy Ghost also. You don't have to copy anybody to be anointed. God made you and anointed you, has a purpose for you. And sometimes people And I understand when people are young, you know, they're just looking and imitating out of love or respect. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the ones who they say, well, if he can do that, I can do that. You know, he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be over there doing that much and me not do it. I'm going to take, I'm going to take what he was called to do and try to enact it in my life. You know, the problem with that is that that man or woman got a word from God that was for them, but it wasn't for you. It wasn't for you. And so if you try to step out, watch this now. I'm going to teach you something so so powerful. If you try to step out on somebody else's word, you will sink because it wasn't your word. It wasn't your word. That's why it's so important that you catch what the Lord has for you specifically. You've got to catch what the Lord has for you specifically. And so what do you do? You have to pray. You have to fast. You have to get a word from God for yourself. And when you get your word, I can walk on my word. I can't walk on his word or her word. I have to walk on my word. It's a good point. Joseph Arnold said it's like screwdriver heads. Same purpose, but different design. Same purpose, different design. You're not going to take a Phillips head screwdriver and screw screws that are flat head screws. You're not going to do it. Same purpose, different design. And so you've got to understand, that's a great analogy, Joseph. Thank you. Um, You understand that everybody's purpose may be different. So you have to get your word and then you've got to step out on your word. You've got to function in your word and in your purpose. You've got to do it. You've got to do it because if not you sink. Because what happens is When you step out on someone else's, the Lord's not building that house for you. He's not building that purpose in your life. And the Bible says in Psalm 127 in verse one, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. You see that unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. The work is for nothing, the Bible's saying. The work is for nothing. I don't want to work for 20 years and find out my work was for nothing. How frustrating would that be if I worked for 20 years and then found out my work was, I mean, how, my Lord, how disheartening would that be? I don't want that to be me. So what do I want to do? I don't want to do anything unless the Lord tells me to do it. That's why I like so much what Bishop David Oyedepo said regarding his ministry and his church. He said, unless the Lord tells us to do it, let it go undone. Unless the Lord can take me there, may I never arrive. And unless the Lord gives it to me, may I never have it. Because I would rather not have something than have something God didn't want me to have. You understand? I would rather not arrive somewhere than arrive somewhere that God didn't want me to be. I would never want to complete something and use all my energy, strength, and resources that God didn't want me even working on. So so recognize this. The, the thing that causes a great, great amount of success and anointing to come upon your life is when you stick to what God called you to do. That's so important. Stick, I, write it in the comments. I've got to stick to what God called me to do. I've got to stick to what God called me to do. And that's that can be hard because, man, when you start, compa- and that's why the Bible says, when you compare yourselves among yourselves, you're unwise, that you try to in the flesh compare. In the flesh compare. Well, if he can do it, I can do it. That's pride. I don't want to do what he can do. I don't want to try to do what somebody else did. I don't want to live in pride and always think, well, if he did it, I'm doing it. You know, he's not better than me. I'm just as anointed as he is. She's, I'm just anointed as she is. I'm going to do it if she can do it. That's a wrong attitude because they've got their own word from God that you didn't get that word. No, none of the other disciples got this word. Just Peter. Why did Peter get one? He was looking for one. Catch that. Peter got one because he was looking for one. Hallelujah. Peter got one because he was looking for one. He said, if it's, if it's really you, Lord, call me to come to you. And he said, come. Peter walked on the word of the almighty God. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something? We're talking today about how do you have miracles in a time of trouble, in a time of crisis? How do you have miracles in a time of trouble and in a time of crisis? I'll tell you how you do it. You've got to get a word from the Lord and walk on your word. Hallelujah. Now, that word could be specific or that word could be general to the body. Because let's say, for example, uh, one of the things, and you know this, as, as we cross over into all these months, we've crossed over into June now. And anytime we cross into a new month, I lift my voice and thank the Lord and say, thank you, God, that you brought us through another month with no sickness, no disease, no calamity, no accidents, no tragedies. Thank you, Lord. You brought my family through another month and we had no depression, no anxiety, No panic attacks. I thank you, Lord, that we had no financial crisis. I thank you, you brought us through another month. And I take time to thank him that he brought us through another month with none of those issues, none of those problems. We came through the whole coronavirus, quote unquote, pandemic, and literally were never touched once by sickness or disease. Never. None of my family, me or extended, were touched. And I was out. I wasn't just locked in my house. I was out. Never once touched by any of that stuff. Nobody was even sick. And I thank God for it. Well, in what others would call a time of crisis during the the pandemic, when everybody was locked in, um, understand something. That there was a healing anointing that's general to the body of Christ that you can stand on and say, you know what? I don't care what's happening throughout the world. That won't be my story because I actually have a word that's come to me that promises me divine healing. By whose stripes ye were healed. I've got a word that comes to me that's general to the body of Christ. It's for all of us, but we can stand on our word. Watch this now. We can stand on our word And we can walk above the crisis, the storm, the issues, the waves. And when other people are falling, when other people are being destroyed, you can walk above all of that on your word. Hallelujah. And you won't have to, you're not fighting the same battles everybody else is fighting. You realize everybody wants to wait until they get sick to believe in Jesus as their healer. You don't have to wait till you get sick to believe in Christ as your healer, you can be completely healed and still walk in healing power and stay healed instead of waiting to be sick and then get healed. It's like I heard one nut job say that was preaching. I was sitting in the service, shaking my head no on the front row. He said, you know, everybody wants to know Jesus as their healer, but you can't know him as your healer if you're not sick. That's that's what he said. <clears throat> that's what he actually said to me. Everybody wants to know Jesus as their healer, but you can't know him as your healer unless you're sick. That's not true at all. That is not true whatsoever. While I am healed, while I'm completely fine, strength flowing through my body, no sickness, no disease in this body, guess what? He's still my healer just as much now as if he had to heal me from a sickness or disease. So if you can get that and understand that revelation, he doesn't change. <laughs> he doesn't change. God doesn't change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Hebrews thirteen eight. So understand something. If I can know that he doesn't change, why do I have to change? Why do I have to get sick to know him as my healer? Why can't I just accept his healing virtue and anointing into my healthy body and continue walking in health? People don't think, man. I don't, I'm don't. i sure people don't think. We can't know him. This is the same guy that I was listening to preach who said that one of his family members got sick. Listen to how dumb of a, of a statement this is. He said that one of his family members got sick <clears throat> and was diagnosed with something. It was a child. And he was in the hospital with the child and was praying by the bedside and said, Lord, Lord, let this thing come out of their body. Lord, put it on me instead. <laughs> This is what he was preaching to a room full of people. Lord, take this thing out of this little child's body. Put it on me instead. That's the prayer. First of all, let me outline why that's so stupid. Did you ever just think, forget the Bible, forget scriptures, forget all that. Let's just think logically. If God can take it off of that little girl, Why does he have to put it on you? If he's taken it off, why can't he just throw it away? Why does it have to go on somebody else? So stupid. God put it on me instead. It's like, do you even know who God is? Do you even know what he does? Do you even understand his nature and his character? Do you think God is a child abuser? Do you think God's the one that's putting... Tumors and cancer and sickness and disease on his children? If you do, you're a fool that doesn't understand who he is. Don't understand his nature. Don't understand his character. Foolish. Foolish. He's not a child abuser. You say, well, you know, sometimes he does that. You know, it's a punishment for sin. He already punished Jesus for your sins. He already you can't, you don't tell me that Jesus is putting sickness on people to punish them for their sins. He already punished. He was already punished by his father for our sins on the cross of Calvary, took the sins of the world upon his body. He, he that knew no sin became sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. God's not putting it on there. Well, you know, God's judging. It. He's not judging. It. He already judged it. And we're in a space of grace until the rapture. If you haven't shared it yet, take a minute to share it. People need to hear it. People need to hear it. Hallelujah. And so you got to get your word and you got to walk on your word. When you do, you walk above the tragedy. Why can't you believe that he's a divine healer? Know him as your divine healer. Let Let me give you another logical thought. Because that's just as dumb as saying, everybody wants to know Jesus as Savior, but you can't know him as Savior unless you sin. (laughs) Because it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. If I can't know him as healer unless I keep getting sick and healed, then I can't really know him as my Savior unless I keep sinning and asking for forgiveness. So with that logic, you would believe that people need to continue in sin, where, when, when Paul said, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, should we continue in sin, Romans chapter six, God forbid, God forbid, we should not continue in sin. Well, you know, I want to know him as my savior. I want to know him as my, the one who forgives me of all sins. So every day I, I make sure that I, I put a couple of sins out there so that I can know him as my savior and the one who forgives me. What an idiot. What a stupid way to think. That's right. My cousin Preston put a, a quote from E.W. Kenyon on YouTube, Satan cannot legally lay upon us what God laid on Jesus. And that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And people have to receive it by faith, have to receive it by faith. It's a, it's a foolish thing, a foolish thing to think that in order to experience the blessings and benefits of God, that you have to always be in the negative aspect to receive them. Well, I want to know him as my provider, so I got to stay poor so that he can provide for me every single day. I want every time that I pay the rent to be a miracle that I had to fast and pray for 24 hours for that money to come in. And every month I want that rent to be a miracle so that I can testify he's a provider. Really? That's what you think has to happen? See, because people don't know the word of God. I want to know him as my peace, Jehovah Shalom. So I want to spend every day in fear so that I can know him as peace. I want to spend every day in depression so that when he becomes my joy, I know it's my joy is Christ. No, that's stupid. How about live above the problems. Walk above the issues. Stand above the waves. Like Peter did because he got a word. He got a word and stayed above the waves. That's what I'm going to do and that's what you're going to do. I'm staying above the waves. I'm walking on what other people struggle with. I'm walking above what other people struggle with by faith and get a word and you can walk above it. Hallelujah. I want you to put it in the comments. I'm walking above the waves. I'm walking above the waves by faith. Put it in the comments section. I'm walking above the waves I'm walking above the waves in Jesus name in Jesus name I'm not going to sink I'm not going to sink and I'm going to show you Peter's mistake here in a moment and it happens to many believers happens to many believers but I'm walking above the waves when I was young some of you will remember this others will not But when I was young, I I remember when video games went mainstream. You know, there were a few people that had an Atari, you know, Atari 6400 and all that. But when they dropped the Nintendo Entertainment System, the little gray box with cartridges that you could, and everybody had their cartridge, they were blowing in it, flipping it up and down, smacking it, putting it in. The Nintendo Entertainment System, you probably had... Mario One and Duck Hunt on one cartridge. If you own the NES, I remember when it came out, and um, I remember playing Super Mario Brothers. And when you went underground on that second level, da 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 When you ate a mushroom and got big, you could bust bricks when you jumped. And I saw something that I don't know if the the game designers added it in or if it was just a bug, but you remember in, in Super Mario Brothers you could only walk in one direction. You couldn't go backwards. But if you walked and if you busted out the bricks of the ceiling and walked just forward a little bit until the game put just a little bit of open space, You could jump up in there and get stuck. You could get stuck up in the wall and then keep jumping up until you jumped all the way up onto what would be considered the roof of the board because there was a thin line of bricks going across the top of the screen. And you could jump up there. And I remember when I found out that hack, I realized that if I would go up there I could run across the level and keep on going. And down below, all of the enemies, the turtles, the little goombas, all the little guys throwing hammers, all of that was down below me, and they could never get up to me. There was no way for a, a turtle to get up there, a goomba to get up there, a little uh, smash brother, whatever they were called. None of them could get up there. There was no way for them to access the level that I was up on. Because I was able, by hacking the system, to get above it. And now I was running across the screen, never had to throw one fireball, never had to, yeah, the evil flower pots, I never had to throw one fireball, I never had to jump on one Goobler turtle, I I never had to do any of that. Never had to do any of that. You just run across the top of the screen, and you run past all your enemies. Because you're on a level that's far above where your enemies can be. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. And when you're up on that level, none of them can get to you. And you don't have to bother with any of them because you found the way to get through every issue. You you found a way to be far above, far above principalities and powers and rulers, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but that which is to come. Just like Paul taught them in the book of Ephesians, Seated in heavenly places, far above all things under his feet and made him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So you've got the ability to run above enemies, run above crisis, run above problems, run above issues. Hallelujah. You have the ability to run above it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I walk on the waves. I walk on crisis. I walk on problems. I walk on issues. It's all, all of it. Do you realize that storm that was about to sink the ship, the storm they had problems with, everything that was causing them to be afraid? When Peter stepped out on the word of Christ, all of that was under Peter's feet. Catch it all of it was under Peter's feet. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see it. It wasn't on top of him. It wasn't knocking him under the water. It was, no, it was all under his feet. What was he doing? Fixed his eyes. Oh, Jesus. Because notice now, <clears throat> Jesus is the word made flesh. If we go to John chapter 1, you start to read it and you understand, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. You drop down a little bit, a few verses, and the Bible says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and was full of grace and truth. Jesus who was the word from the beginning of time, who was with God and was God, became flesh. So Christ is the word of God in the flesh. Peter, standing on the word Jesus spoke, watch this, and looking at the word. His eyes were fixed upon Jesus, who is the word, made flesh. Go with me. The Bible says, so Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. He had a single focus. He was walking on the word. He was looking at the word. He had a single focus. And then what happened? I'll tell you what happened. The Bible says this, verse 30, Matthew 14, 30. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. Hmm. And beginning to sink, he cried out. Now, let me stop there and show you something. In a time of crisis, in a time of trouble, notice there was no sinking going on. There was only victory going on. As long as he walked on his word, and kept his eyes on the word. As long as those two things were happening, he was in victory, walking above the storm, walking above the problems, walking above the issues, and he had his eyes on the word, and he was walking on his word in obedience moving forward. It was not until he changed his focus that he began to sink. Notice this, the moment That Peter took his eyes off of his word and began to focus on what was going on in and around him, did he begin to lose the victory and sink? Man, catch this. Catch this. Your focus is everything. Your thought process is everything. What fills your heart is everything. That's why Paul taught multiple times, set your mind on things above, not on things of this world. Why? Because the battlefield is the mind. The fullness, what fills your heart is your, that's the whole challenge. Out of the abundance of your heart, what you fill yourself with is what you'll become and it's where you go. Focus is everything. What are you focused on? That's why Paul told you what types of thoughts to think. Whatsoever is good, pure, holy, good report, if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, think on these things. Think on these things. Think on these things. You see that? Very important. Focus your mind, focus your thoughts. Don't That's why Paul even taught we have the ability to take every thought captive that exalts itself. Above exalts itself above. It's very true. Aaron Mushagan said, You will move toward what you're looking at. Have you ever had that happen where you're trying to ride a bike and you're riding your bike straight and you turn around to look at somebody or talk to somebody, and all of a sudden you find yourself, you find yourself veering left because you were looking behind you. You thought you were holding it straight, but because you're looking behind you, you realize. I'm actually going left. It happens all the time. I wrecked. My wife bought me, my wife bought me a um, one of those electric scooters for Christmas. One of those like um, uh, what's the brand there that all the mall cops ride around? Segway. She bought me a Segway scooter, but it's actually like an electric scooter. It goes like close to twenty miles an hour. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to ride this around the city. And I was out and I was like, you know, miles from home. And I went across and I wasn't even paying attention. You know, had nothing on. I'm not, not, not naked. I mean like no no knee pads. No knee pads, no helmet. I had clothes on. I'm not saying I had nothing on. Had no knee pads, no elbow pads, no helmet. Because I'm not going to look like, a you know, a four-year-old riding a scooter. Um, and I'm out riding on the sidewalks and the streets and i get to the place and i get to the place where i'm crossing an intersection and i and i was just i'd gotten so used to riding it i wasn't even being uh responsible or paying attention and i was doing it like full speed about 19 miles an hour and i'm looking other other ways and just kind of goofing off and i wasn't even looking where i was going and man i hit something coming up on the sidewalk and flipped my wheel and i flew my friends i flew at a crowded intersection with cars everywhere. I flew over my handlebars and hit the pavement with a mighty blow. I mean, I blasted myself. Landed on my, I landed on my chest, my stomach, my elbows. My slides went flying. I had to go like find my slides in someone else's yard. It hurt. I was bleeding. I was bleeding out my elbows, bleed, bleeding down my knees. I was bleeding. out. My shirt was all ripped up and I was like headed home. I, it was like so bad that like workers in truck, like work trucks were stopping alongside. They're like, bro, you're bleeding. I was like, yes, I know. I know. It was embarrassing. But you know what? Only, only thing that changed. And I, I mean, I truly blasted myself, busted myself up. Do you know that changed? I was doing fine. I was doing fine until I lost my focus. Think about it. Everything was cool. It was a gift. It was something wonderful. I'm flying along, I'm doing great. All was wonderful until I lost my focus. And when I lost my focus, it brought me to destruction. When I lost my focus, I lost my path. When I lost my path, I lost my ability to move forward. Man, I'm helping somebody today. Catch this. When I lost my focus, I lost my path. When I lost my path, I lost my ability to move forward. You've got to keep your focus. And Peter lost his focus in the midst of his miracle. It was a time of crisis. It was a time of crisis. It was a storm that was violent and he was moving forward. and then he lost his focus, lost his focus and completely began to sink. It's like I saw somebody post on AJ said I did the same thing, flip, flipped over my handlebars. I heard I heard somebody say, I saw a lady walking down the, I was riding her bike down the road. And here, I watched this lady ride her bike down the road and I yelled out, cow! And she turned around and flipped me off. He said, but she didn't listen to me and hit the cow anyway. (laughs) Lost my focus. There's all kinds of people today losing their focus. Hear what I'm saying. There's people losing their focus. All these things are creeping up all around us and people are losing their focus. People are watching the news more than they're watching the word and they're losing their focus. People are putting culture over kingdom and they're losing their focus. All kinds of problems going around around us and people are not focused enough and disciplined enough to keep their eyes on Jesus, keep their eyes on the word of God, and don't be destroyed by what's going on all around you. Don't be destroyed. You keep, I'm teaching you, Jacob, how to do it. You keep your eyes on the word of God. You don't look at what's going on around you. You don't look at what's happening on the news and and make that your focus. You don't look what's happening in culture, make that your focus. And well, I'm going to just determine how I treat people based on how I feel about what's going on. Nope. That's right. Aura makes a great point. Satan didn't shove the fruit down Adam and Eve's throat. He got them to shift their focus. That's right, he doesn't have to destroy you. All he has to do is distract you and you'll destroy yourself. If you can just fail to focus on Jesus, on the word, on what he's given you, what he's spoken to you, you lose your focus, you lose your path. When you lose your path, you lose your ability to move forward. And Peter began to sink. Sink into what everybody else was about to sink in because he got away from his word. Look at this now. But I love this because, see, the word is alive. The word is alive. The word is alive. Yes, Heather, that's it. Don't lose your focus. The word is alive, the Bible says. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, the Bible tells us the word of God is alive. It's moving. It's living. It's breathing. So watch this. I want to show you. And as he began to sink, he cried out. Now notice this, he cried out for another word. Lord, save me. He's crying out. Now look, he's shifting his focus back again. You see that? He recognized his issue, recognized his problem. I shouldn't have lost my focus. Now I'm focused back on the Lord. Now I'm focused back on the word. Now I'm focused back on the master. Lord, save me. Just a momentary lapse in focus and he begins to sink. Lord, save me. And because the word is alive, because the word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Look at this. The Bible says, and Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Can I show you something so powerful that even if you had made the mistake and lost your focus and found yourself in a place where you shouldn't be, Notice this, he didn't just get a word that allowed him to walk above crisis. He didn't just get a word that allowed him to go where no one else could go, that even when he lost focus and made a mistake, look at this, the word grabbed him and the word pulled him back up again. Hallelujah. The word grabbed a hold of him. He didn't grab a hold of the word. The word grabbed a hold of him. See, the word's not sinking. You don't have to save the word. The word's going to save you. He didn't have to grab hold of Jesus. Jesus wasn't going down. Jesus grabbed a hold of him. The word reached out and the word grabbed him and the word lifted him back up. Hallelujah. The word lifted him back up. Listen to what the apostle Paul said to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20, verse 32. He said this, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those that are sanctified. When the word comes to you, it has the ability to build you back up. Not just receive your inheritance, but to build you back up. Peter needed to be built back up. He needed to be yanked back up, brought back up. What did it? The word of grace. What was Jesus? Full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. The word grabbed him. Thank you, Jesus. The word grabbed him and lifted him back up above the problems. Now look at this. And when they got into the boat, (laughs) glory to God, this thing right here stirs me up, man. I'm ready to run around this studio. And when they got back into the boat, notice it says they and not he. Wasn't just Peter that got into their boat. Jesus got into their boat. Jesus got into their boat. Look at this. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Hallelujah. And those in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Can I just show you something? With Jesus out of their boat, the wind continued, the waves, which waves are created by the wind, partly, And so the waves began to batter their boat. Notice they had no Jesus in their boat. But when Jesus got into their boat, the wind had to cease, which means the waves had to cease. Hallelujah. The wind and the waves. And then look at this. Their their trip was not impeded anymore. The next verse says, and when they'd crossed over, they came to land. So they couldn't sink, they couldn't be destroyed, they couldn't be battered, because when Jesus got in the boat, it caused everything to cease, and they completed their journey successfully. This is the power of having Jesus in your boat. This is the power. It's like Bishop David Oyedepo said, I'll never forget it. He said, people come to me all the time. because He preaches faith and victory all the time. His church unofficially is called Winner's Chapel, Winner's Chapel. And so he said, people come to me all the time and say, well, I hear the way you preach. Have you never had problems? Have you never had issues? You know what his answer was? Maybe they came. Maybe the problems came and I just never noticed them. That was his answer. Maybe issues came and I never, I never knew they were there. When Jesus, when Jesus is in your boat, Kelly said, here's the beginning of my testimony. As the prayers were given anointing touched my side. Extreme pain has left. Residual soreness now, but I know it will leave. I feel so relieved that I could take a peaceful sleep. What a comfort. All in, there it is. And we stand with you, Kelly. And even the soreness. Somebody throw some hands up in the comment section and thank God. The extreme pain is gone. And now even the soreness is leaving. So, Father, complete the work for Kelly. Touch her now fully. Even the soreness, leave. Give her peaceful rest, peaceful sleep. Full miracle, you've all already promised us, Lord, June is our month. June is our month. June is our month of accelerated testimonies. And so, Lord, we thank you for Kelly's testimony. Extreme pain is gone. Now soreness is leaving. The anointing has touched her. Lord, we give you all the praise. We give you all of the glory. You're the only one that could do these wonderful things. We give you all glory. We give God all the praise. He is Jehovah Rapha. He's the God that heals us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for doing it. You are our healer. Thank you, Lord. When you keep your focus on Jesus, notice when he gets into your boat, the wind has to cease. Why? Because recognize this. He is the word, okay? So if he's the word, how did God create everything we see? He created it by his word. Everything you see in this world other than man was created by the word. Bible teaches us that he spoke it all into existence, spoke it. So if that's the case, think about it. Jesus is the word. John tells us in his gospel that at the beginning of time, the word already existed and the word was with God. The word was God and all things. Let me take you there in case you've never seen this before because this is something that'll blow you up, man. This will blow your faith to a new level. Let me show you something that maybe you've never seen. Um, In the beginning, this is John chapter one and verse one. I'm gonna read through verse three. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now look at verse three. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. Do you see that, John 1, 3? All things were made through Jesus, and without Jesus, there was nothing made that was made. So Jesus, notice this, God used Jesus to create everything you see, according to scripture. God used his word, which is Jesus, to create everything that you see. So the wind and the waves. So notice this, the wind, which was demonic in nature because the enemy sent the wind. You can see that in another passage where Jesus rebukes the wind, but he doesn't rebuke the waves because the waves were actually just being affected by a demonic wind and God through Christ created the seas. The devil didn't create the seas. Jesus did. So he didn't have to rebuke his own creation. He only had to rebuke the demonic wind that was sent by the devil to destroy them. So you notice this, that when he got into the boat, when Jesus got into the boat, the wind ceased. But let let me take you back. Let me take you back. The Bible says the problem was if, you're, if we're looking at Matthew 14, the initial problem was the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. Now, I want you to see this. Their problem in the boat was that their boat was being beaten by the waves. Wind can blow. It, it doesn't matter if wind blows against a ship. Wind can't sink a ship. The problem, according to scripture, their boat was being beaten by the waves because the wind was against them. So the wind, the demonic wind was causing the waves. But notice, did you notice that when Jesus stepped in the boat, the waves were not mentioned again? All it says was, uh, when Jesus stepped into the boat, immediately... The wind ceased said nothing about the waves because see the wind was what was causing the waves. But notice this, the waves weren't against Jesus and his disciples. The wind was the waves, the water, the sea was Christ's own creation. And what, now here's the question I want you to get before I pray for you today. What is going to stand against your God? What obstacle is going to stand against your God? I'm asking you this because if Jesus is in your boat, then the question I would ask you is the same question that Paul asked the Romans. If God is for you, tell me who can be against you. If God is for you, tell me who can be against you. Some little wind, Going to stand in the face of Jesus Christ, the master, the creator of heaven and earth. Please. Some little demonic wind. The moment he stepped in their boat, the wind had to shut up. And because the wind was stirring up the sea, guess what? The sea had to quiet down too. And it allowed them to complete their journey successfully and go to the other side. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If God's for us, tell me who, what obstacle is going to tell Jesus no? What obstacle is going to tell Jesus? If he's with you, hallelujah, if he's with you and he's traveling with you, he's sent you on your purpose, he's got you on your way, what obstacle is going to look your God in the face and say, sorry, you can't come in here? Give me a break. Who does the devil think he's talking to? The power of God is working with me and with you. Jesus is in our boat. Hallelujah. We are walking holy places as I taught you yesterday. We are walking holy places. It's not like it was in the Old Testament where the holy holy power of God was locked up in the middle of the most holy place behind the veil. Not anymore. The veil was ripped into two pieces. And the Bible says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? I'm a walking, talking, holy place. Hallelujah. I'm a walking, talking, holy place. And so are you. You don't have to ask. Let me tell you something. You don't have to ask Jesus to get in your boat. Not in the New Testament. Because your body is Filled with the same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead and he dwells in you and quickens your mortal body. What you do have to do is focus your faith on what you have. The reason that there are Christians that fail and Christians that go from crisis to crisis and issue to issue, problem to problem, is because they don't know the truth, You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. You can have all the power in the world. If you don't know you have it, you'll never exercise it. You realize that I can have all and it's not, I can have all we all that are in the body of Christ do have all the power in the world. We do have all the blessings in the world. Look at uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Look what the Bible says. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. There are no more blessings to be blessed with. You've been blessed with all of them. All power is given unto me, Jesus said. I give unto you all power. So there's no more power to get. There's no more blessings to get. So what are Christians waiting on? Many of them have never been taught, I've already got it. I'm a walking Talking, holy place. I carry the power of God in my body, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, quickens my mortal body, and Jesus is in my boat. And wherever I go, wind has to cease, waves have to cease, problems have to cease, waters have to part, dry land has to present itself. I'm moving to the other side in victory. Hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You've already got it. The power of God came with your salvation. Thank you, Lord. The same. the Holy Spirit, you don't get the Holy Spirit when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost. People think, well, that's when you get the Holy Spirit. You know, you get saved and then you have to go get the Holy Spirit. No, it doesn't work that way. God pours his Holy Spirit into you at the moment of salvation. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is when you receive power from heaven, power to do the works. But people that aren't baptized in the Holy Ghost, they don't. it's not like they don't have the Holy Spirit in them. You can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. You realize that. You can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. So if you're saved, if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. Of course, we also need the power, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We need to be empowered to do the works of God. But notice this, that holy place that's now in you, that was at one time and only in the most holy place, you carry that around everywhere you go. Do you realize, I mean, stop for a second and think with me. The third person of the Trinity lives in your body. Think about that. it's about Jesus in your boat. I've got him in my body. The Holy Ghost is in my body and in your body. We walk around with the third person of the Trinity, the Godhead, inside of our body. Who does the devil think he's messing with? Who do you think you're talking to? I'm locked and loaded. You don't even understand what's on the inside of me. I could blow out of my left nostril and blow you back to hell. I've got so much power living on the inside of me. Who does the devil think he's talking to? See, this is the kind of mindset you've gotta have. I can't be defeated. How, you def- How can you defeat me when I'm the strong man? Hallelujah. The Bible says if if anybody's going to uh rob, you have to come into a house first and bind up the strong man before you can rob from him. Well, good luck Satan coming into this house and binding up the Holy Spirit who is the strong man on the inside of me. Good luck Satan trying to come in to my covenant and into my life and bind up the strong man that I'm filled with which is the Holy Ghost from heaven. It ain't going to happen. You're already defeated. Jesus already defeated him on the cross 2,000 years ago when he shouted in the Greek language, it is finished. Tetelestai is the word that was written on paper. Hallelujah. Tetelestai, it is finished. That's right. I want you to put it in the comments. I am the strong man. I am the strong man. I am the strong man. Jesus name. That's it, Luke 10, 19, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. And by the way, that's not just for the 12 apostles of the Lamb. That's for every believer. It's for every believer. I am the strong man. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Because you are one with Christ. You're not two separate entities in the New Testament. You are one with him. I'm in Christ He is me. I am him. We are one. We've been united with Christ. Thank you, Jesus. United with Christ. And I want to encourage you how to have miracles in a time of trouble. Keep your focus right. Keep your focus on your word. Keep your focus on the word. Keep your focus on the power that's on the inside of you and walk according to your word, walk according to your power and put your blinders on and don't let anybody veer you to the left or to the right. I'm not looking at racial uh, problems and getting pulled in in my emotions. Of course, we stand against injustice. We stand against inequality. We stand against murderous spirits that are all of that. Yes, but I'm not gonna let my emotions be pulled in and start acting outside of my Christianity because I'm emotional about what's happening. I will operate in the principle of God's word and that's how I'll respond. I'm not gonna look at sickness and disease. I'm not gonna look at a pandemic. I'm not gonna look at all this stuff and get in fear and get emotional because something's going on in the world. Keep your focus on Jesus. Keep your focus on the word. Keep your focus on your purpose and watch what God will do in your life. Watch what God will do in your life. I wanna pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray now in Jesus' wonderful name that you would put this focus and fire on the inside of every one of us. Lord, as I continue to teach and preach your word, enlighten the hearts of men and women, open the eyes of their understanding, let them see what they've never seen before. In Jesus' name, let them see what they've never seen before in your word, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And as we see these things, Lord, let us walk in the power of the word with our blinders on, operating in the power of the Holy Ghost, and nothing by any means shall harm us. And we will make an impact for the power of God. We will make an impact for the power of God and the kingdom of God. This generation will be saved in Jesus' wonderful name. We thank you. We praise you. Set us on fire once again. In Jesus' name. And if you believe it, throw some fire in the comment section and shout a loud amen and a hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Listen, let me ask you to do me a favor. If you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching on YouTube, and you've not done this yet, when this is over, go back to Facebook and check for me if they turned off your notifications for when we go live, because something happened. Something definitely happened today, and I know I've been doing these things that are politically uh, probably controversial or whatever, but go check to see if they've turned your notifications off on YouTube or Facebook or both. And uh, turn it back on. I'll send a text out to the Victory Tribe as well and uh, and, and, a- and ask them to do the same. But do me a favor today. Those of you that believe in this ministry, I want to encourage you to sow a Facebook is stupid seed today. <laughs> so I, want, I want to encourage you to sow by faith a Facebook can't stop the gospel uh, seed today. JC didn't get his Everybody's saying, mine was turned off. Look at that. And people are are getting theirs turned off. Yeah, it was switched off. Nick said his bell was switched off for him. See what I mean? It's time to sow a Facebook is stupid seed today. Caitlin said hers is on and still didn't receive a notification. Can't stop the victory, tribe. So let me encourage you. Sow a Facebook is stupid seed into the kingdom today. You're not going to stop the gospel. It's crazy. Julie said they turn mine off all the time and I just turn it back on. That's crazy. I wonder if it has to do. Thank you, Kim. I appreciate that. Jackie said, mine's on, but no notification. Look at that. That's straight up crazy. Straight up crazy. Crazy. Thank you, Kim Hughes, for sowing a seed. Appreciate you. Thank you, Luenda. We're sowing a Facebook is stupid seed into the kingdom today. Terry Gregg said, I didn't get the alert either. It's exactly what I'm talking about. So please, if you don't mind, turn your notification back on if they turned it off on you. I don't know why they're doing that. Other than they're trying to um, shadow ban me for the things I've been talking about. Ben said, mine's on. I still get an email too. Yeah, but I mean, who checks their email? Before a live stream. It's crazy. An email come back with the word blackout. Censored, exactly. Shadow banning and Jessica said hers was turned off. Look at that. You're right, Linda. The enemy does not want the people to hear a word on faith. I mean, there's no question. I'm not saying the enemy's targeting me through Facebook, but I'm I'm just saying it's true and they they may have over what i've said the last few days regarding the racial tension they may have monitored me and censored me let me just be honest with you free speech is not a reality on social media it's just not it's not a reality they're privately owned companies run by liberal leftists with an agenda an antichrist agenda thank god that ministries are still able to use it because they don't want to look like they're discriminating against Christians and ministries. But it's not a place for free speech. That's that's the truth. Joseph said, mine was on, but no notification. Look at that. Yes, Cora, thank you. I'm always on 1030 a.m. Yeah, everybody's saying that Pam Bondi said maybe it's the default from the changes they made. Um, It's true. Taylor, I agree with you. Social platforms are great, but the, the the censorship does suck. Twitter shadow banned one of my tweets, Mary Sue said, I I know, I know it's happening. No question it's happening. God bless you, Dave. And may God protect you as you continue driving. So I'm gonna check it myself. I'm gonna send a text to the Victory Tribe. But let me encourage you to partner with this ministry in all seriousness, not a Facebook sucks seed, but in all seriousness, to stand with Carolyn and myself, partner with us as we're moving forward. Things are changing. I got some, I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a harder and harder time holding things back, but we've got some great testimonies in this month of unprecedented testimonies. Very excited. Uh, Renee said the same thing. Mine was on, but no notification. You can use Cash App, Venmo, hashtag donate as others are doing, PayPal, all the information is on the screen. Um, If you're listening on the podcast, you can swipe up to the description of the podcast and there's a link you can click to sow a seed. Thank you very much, Julie, for saying that. I I appreciate it. But the easiest place and easiest way to sow for anybody and to set up a partnership seed is MiracleWord.com. MiracleWord.com. And uh, no matter where you are in the world, you can sow from there, you can partner from there, and we really, really appreciate you guys very much. I just thought of something, too, is uh, I thought of a song, um, which is a, it's a phenomenal song that I'm going to uh, play as we shout leaving because it goes, I didn't even think of this, but it goes right along with what I've been teaching today. It's my friend Jeremiah Yochum singing Jesus is with me. I'll be back again tonight at 9 p.m. It's going to be one you don't want to miss. So just so that everybody knows, I will be back on live tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Eastern time. On all outlets. Twitter, Periscope, Facebook, YouTube. And So I'll be live at 9 And you guys are going to definitely want to join me. I love you guys so much. Thank you for hanging with me. I appreciate all of you that are sewing. Thank you, Terry, for posting the website. Look at that. Daryl said, the other day I was preaching and Facebook cut me off and removed the go live button and and wouldn't let me get back onto my page for a few hours and I had to finish preaching on my wife's Facebook. I'm telling you, it's getting crazy. It's getting crazy. Love you guys so much. Be back tonight at 9. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.